Hello, I'm Adam and welcome to a very special edition of Tales from the Potting Bench. Now, usually I'm in conversation with someone over Zoom from a long distance away talking about all things gardening. But in this episode, I was fortunate enough to have a conversation with former Gardener's World presenter, author, gardener and all-round plantsman, Alan Titchmarsh. In this conversation, we talk about all the things that you can see at this year's BBC Gardener's World Live, which is on now at the NEC until Sunday. You'll find sensational show gardens, beautiful borders, the fabulous floral marquee and all manner of other stalls indoors. But let's hear what Alan has to say about the show this year. Enjoy. So, I am very fortunate enough to be joined by the wonderful Alan Titchmarsh backstage at Gardener's World Live in Birmingham. Hello, Alan. Nice to be with you. You too. So, are you enjoying yourself so far? Amazingly. Um, the, the great thing about Gardener's World Live is the enthusiasm. People come here, they, they know it. Most of them are return visitors, they come every year. Yeah. Um, and BBC Gardens World Live is a landmark and a bookmark in their year, and it's at the perfect time, really. You know, or it's a bit hot this year for it planting stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, middle of June, you've got the rest of the season ahead of you mm. to come here and get the advice and expertise and the plants. It's just such a great treat, and what a summer so far. Isn't it just? I know, we're challenging. We're very, very challenging. Very. <laughs> yeah. Have you had a chance to have a look around the show gardens? I yet? have. Mm. I thought the show gardens this year had really gone up a notch. There's mm. one or two beautiful ones out mm. there. The garden fit for a king with all his glorious cornflowers. Oh and a bossy. Yeah. Have um, you been inside? I have. Yeah. I've never seen a stone-built no. bothy, Scottish word, funny if I have a bothy in my garden, which is next to the potting shed. Right. Um, it's called the bothy and there's a sign-up, and it's where you go and make your cup of tea and there's yeah. a loo, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Cool. Um, and this is a beautiful stone-built bothy among this glorious collection of plants, which is inspired by high growth. Right. The fact that the king always wears a cart, well, often wears a cornflower in his buttonhole. Yeah. But this beautiful little building at the centre of it. And I think, did you, you dare know, go up the ladder? I did. I did, did have a, yeah. a peek into the bed above, <laughs> bedroom above. Of course. But beautiful. And I really said, well, can you move it, please, and just yes. take it down in my you hand. Could quite easily move into yeah. there, couldn't you? Yeah, it's a gorgeous little space. Were there any other ones in particular that have caught your eye? There's a lovely one which has got the gloriously cool and calming design to it with a narrow little rill coming down the, the middle. Lizelle the Lizelle one. The Lizelle one, that's right. Some wonderful pleached hornbeams there to offer screening. Yeah. Um, gravel, this narrow little rill and the planting very subdued, mm. very calming. Pointing up the, the influence that a planting scheme makes on mood mm. and if you want somewhere that's cool to collect yourself at the end of the day, that sort of unfussy approach, I don't mean hard, it wasn't yeah. in any way gaunt um, it was just beautifully calming a lot of white a lot of green um, a lot of um, straight lines but then within those straight lines an interesting change of different materials yeah. which allowed the eye to settle I always remember a famous musician saying um, the most important part of my music are the rests yeah. between the notes yeah. because that the unseen bit yes yeah, and it's unheard. the same really with this yeah. particular garden so yeah lots of different ideas there's even one with a bath in it there is know? a gorgeous <laughs> one with a bath yeah I think the, the Liz Earl one though is really interesting because it's it's next to the, the Fit for a King one isn't it yes. and it's quite that's quite, you know, there's a lot going on with, with the wonderful cornflowers and then the Lizelle one. Is, it's quite a step change between the two, isn't I it? I think really? that's the great joy here this year, is the disparity, mm. the difference between the gardens. And you go from one mood to another and you'll find yourself calming with Lizelle and invigorated by the next one you yeah. come to. Um, planting nowadays generally 
has thankfully got much more sustainable, yeah. um, much more environmentally friendly, all of which is a good thing. But what this also points up here is that you don't just have to fill your garden with wildflowers and weeds to be valuable to wildlife. I mean, we're yeah. showing here, I think, this huge range of mm. exotic plants, i.e. foreign, but we've grown them for donkey's ears. Yeah. And they're just every bit as good for wildlife in terms of nectar and pollen yeah. and shelter mm. and also good for our spirits. Mm. Nothing like a bit of colour. And I think this year, this summer, colour has come to the fore. Yeah. Let's stop being restrained and yeah. pastel. Yeah. Let's do orange and magenta and Bold, yellow and purples. scarlet. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it fills us with joy. It you does, know? absolutely. You, you, I mean, you talked there about the, the kind of the wildflowers and the weeds and things. That was very clearly a theme with some of the gardens at Chelsea this year, was the kind of the rewilding thing. It doesn't necessarily seem as though that's translated into Gardener's World this year. Are there any other themes that you've noticed? Through I'm rather hoping that, that after last year at Chelsea and this year, it's kind of, I don't mean being laid to rest, but it's mm. kind of hit the boundary. Yeah. And okay, right, so at Chelsea this year there was a felled and fallen tree. Yeah. And it's such a shame that it wasn't judged before the tree fell. You know, <laughs> it's my remark to people. Um, the point has been made. Yeah. Um, and I think now let's... I'm not just sticking them up. I say let's get back no, to gardening. There are so many different ways of gardening, and to limit it yeah. just to British native flowers mm. is a a mistake in terms of biodiversity. My garden is actually richer in variety of wildlife mm. than my wildflower meadow, which is two acres, yeah. which has bees and butterflies in it. But the birds need a, a, a close mown lawn. Blackbirds, thrushes at the moment digging worms out. Yeah. They can't do that in long grass. You've just got to have both and to remember this balance. Mm. And what I think BBC Gardens World Live is proving is that, you know, just because you've got glorious flowers in it that you enjoy, it doesn't mean that it's only for you and it's not for wildlife. Yeah. Quite the reverse. Definitely. Something that I've been dying to ask you, and I don't feel as though we've perhaps ever seen from Mr Titchmarsh, and a big thing that's this year is the houseplant hub. Mm. What are you like with houseplants? Well, the is there problem a reason is, that you don't talk about them? No, the problem is you're all too young. <laughs> the very first book I wrote in the mid-1970s oh. was starting with houseplants. Right. The second book I wrote was Beginner's Guide to Houseplants. The third book I wrote was the Hamlin All-Colour Guide to Houseplants. Oh, okay. I was writing Houseplants book in the, <laughs> books in the 70s. Okay, so all those people come like, never does out, he's done them. Um, yeah. So yes, um, I have a greenhouse. Most of my houseplants, I do actually mm. grow in a greenhouse. The odd one comes in and goes out again. Yeah. So I don't have rooms full of plants because I like to do that in my greenhouse. Yeah. But yeah. I've been there, done that, yeah. before yeah. you were born. Before you know, I was Which born. makes me feel yeah. very old, actually. <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel much younger than I actually Good, feel. good, good. Yeah. One thing, uh, one other thing that I wanted to ask as well is that if you were to see something from a show garden that you've never ever seen before, what is something that you think could be done in a show garden that you've never seen? I think as much as anything, it, it's the way plants are used alongside one another. And you think, oh, that's a good... I'm now trying to think of a single example I've seen today. But you do see things... You, I mean, for instance, that great welter of um, cornflowers, mm. not the wild cornflower, but yeah. cultivated cornflowers yeah. in the garden fit for a king, a solid block of them, and you mm. think, oh, that's really rather nice. Now, by July, it's going to have gone over, so, you yeah. know, you always yeah. have to remember that it's a lot a of these... Plan. Backup yeah. plan, yeah. yeah. But that was good. It reminded me, I think, how good cornflowers were. And I've got perennial knapweed in my mm. meadow, which is more purple, yeah. and these cornflowers are blue mixed with purple. And I did like that, and that's an image that sort of seared itself into my retina. Yeah, definitely. So that perhaps is one thing I should write. Where can I put a clump next year? (laughs) 
if you'd like to head along this weekend, there are still tickets available and you can get them from bbcgardenersworldlive.com. Join me again soon where I'll be in conversation with another fantastic planty guest. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram at viewfromthepottingbench to see what I'm up to in my garden or visit viewfromthepottingbench.com to read my blog and much more.